You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hi, you can find me in the credits of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, written as Beaten Teen. That's my favorite. You know what? Did you see that in the credits? No, I did not even look. Someone has been marked as Beaten Teen, and I think we might need to have a contest as to which credit or IMDb character list can have the better uh, entry, and I think that might be the current high score. Hi, I'm Ben. But I gotta say, I still think Big Fatso will always win. Yeah, Uh, Big Fatso. That was was barbed wire classic. Yeah. Uh, We're here to talk about 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A movie that a lot of people who are just familiar with the cartoon forget was actually a comic book. A, a relatively popular indie comic book before then. For like, I don't know, like four years? Yeah, Five? probably. It was yeah. at a decent amount. A comic that was basically made to sort of mark or to mock the uh, Frank Miller run of Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, which we'll get into. But first, what we want to get into is the fact that, once again, we're joined by a fantastic guest on my part. Oh, thank God. For a second, I thought you were going to say, but first, we want to get into our guest. And I was going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> first, we're uh, going to get inside my guest. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got to go. Nope, you're, it's too late. You're invested now. Uh, we're joined by Kevin Herrera. Hi, uh, also known as Talkative Foot 1 and Talkative Foot 2. <laughs> you got both bookings? Both, yeah, I mean, you know, they need Well, they're wearing masks. Right. Yeah. It's a low-budget film. So did April make the uh, offensive Asian Sony joke at you? Uh, <laughs> me and my Asian friend. I still was not 100% what that joke was. Also, did you see, uh, Did you? where'd you guys watch this at? Uh, we watched it off of Amazon. Uh, uh, Did right you now. happen to, like, the very first, like, Amazon has that X-ray view, and it'll show, like, trivia. Oh, right. Yeah. And most of the time, it's, like, real worthless. Yeah. But I happened to mouse over it as it started, and, this, and it said, this is the highest grossing independent film of all time. Yeah, I did see that when I was doing And I was like, wait, this it. was an independent film? Like, some group of people were like, let's just see if we can make a turtle movie. Yeah, it was pretty surprising. This movie has no good reason to they, have been made or been successful. They sent out a random blast mailing, and Jim Henson answered. It was pretty amazing. Well, we covered a little bit of the mini-sode. Is the director, despite doing only music videos before this, and then going on to go to just do Coneheads following this, uh, was Which I'm not on... sure is if it's a step up or a step down. <laughs> he was working on Jim Henson's uh, television show on the BBC. And, and this sort of movie came into his purview, and he's like, hey, Jim, mind doing some giant human turtles? <laughs> Was Jim Henson still alive at this point? When did he pass away? Oh, that's a good question. It might just be his production company. Or his robotic self. Yeah, or his... Well, like, I feel like this might be one of those things where it's like... They came to him, and it was he was like, no, and then he passed away, and they were like, we need to make something quick to keep this, <laughs> to keep this place afloat. So yeah, sure, we'll make the creepiest motherfucking turtles you've ever seen in your whole life. Uh, if when they fix- speak, it is not pleasant. Speaking no. of which, uh, there is a scene during the farmhouse sequence, just to jump out a little out of turn here, uh, that if you freeze it as Donatello laughs... You can see both the mouth and eyes of the actor inside the mouth of the turtle, and it is like looking into hell. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I saw it when it was happening. I was like, I do not like this. I don't know what's going on. I didn't pause it to see, but I was like, the inside of that dude's mouth is creepier than the real inside of a turtle's just, mouth, and they just, are gross. Yeah, just Google turtle's mouth 1990, and I'm sure you'll have a fun Google image search uh, result. Make sure you turn safe search on. Alternatively, Google large teeth with smaller teeth. (laughs) So getting into what we always do when we start a movie uh, podcast before we uh, say a lot of mean things about it, I think it's important to establish uh, that we're all fucking probably giant fans of this franchise. I think Uh, everyone within like 10 years of us, older or younger, is also a giant fan of this. I was going to say, I was nine years old when this movie came out, so you guys can now age me. Uh, how I was five, could. also four. Yeah, so old. Um, but I was like a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. I had the action figures. I had like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle hat, book bag. I was obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So much so that my parents bought me trade paperbacks of the original Eastman Layard, not realizing that they were not made for kids. Nope. That's like thinking your kid likes the mask movie and deciding to, to, to go ahead and throw the really sexually uh, intimidating mask comic their way. Yeah, the first time I opened the comic and like Leonardo was stabbing a dude, I was like, oh, oh wow, this is this got dark. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. The the comics are aggressive. I didn't read those until maybe like high school. I wasn't aware of them. Oh yeah, for no, quite I some was time. like twelve. Yeah. At the oldest. Probably oh, wow. younger. <laughs> yeah. So and I turned out fine, guys. Wait, so Post I mean, did, did you see really. the comics before the cartoon or the movie? No, I had seen the cartoon. They bought me the comics got because, it. you know, like at that point in time when the cartoon came out, it got huge. There was turtle merchandise everywhere. Right. And I remember we were at a bookstore and I saw them and I was just like, hey, can I get these? Because they're comic books. And I, I, I've loved comic books since I was a little kid. You know, my parents have always gone and, you know, they used to take me and my brothers to a comic book store. So I was like super excited. And I was like, it's my two loves. And they bought them for me. And nobody was like, you can't give, you know, those are for mature audiences because this is like, you know, the early 90s where they were like whatever fuck kids up we don't care <laughs> i dare you <laughs> so yeah i remember reading that first one and being like whoa this is like so jarring compared to you know like in the cartoon the foot are robots they're not even people yeah yeah they really they really cut some corners with that yeah and so i have the comic that they used to loosely base this film on and i read it and i saw the movie and everything and i remember thinking this movie was so awesome when i was a kid like just being like it was it was so sweet and then watching it now i'm like I think it was like a real flowers for Argent uh, sort of thing where like I was a dumb rat and then some guy gave me a bunch of drugs. <laughs> I got real smart because I look back at things I liked when I was a kid and I was like, man, my like skull must have not hardened yet or something. <laughs> to is, that, explain. is that what aging is? <laughs> no, you, uh... I don't know. I, I, I guess in my mind, I'm always like, I've always been great. <laughs> it's a real like when i went back and watched thundercats i was like oh man young me was real stupid <laughs> no kevin uh, you uh I, I knew you were really into the turtles as well we talked about this it, while we were watching it the was film primarily cartoon movie I, there's no shame in that we were right. all into the cartoon so i missed the i missed the comic book portion right, i right. will say that you know as an alternative to leonardo stabbing people with his sword we all thought that, you know, what they did in the movies was fine. So you could kick one another. Yeah. It's totally cool. And we had rebar. So we thought, this is <laughs> virtually Donatello's staff. Uh, there were bruises. Just really ugly bruises. Yeah, I remember doing that when I was a kid. We made, um, you know those hangers that used to have, like, the wooden rods in them for some reason? Yeah. We, like, broke them and, and tied strings to them to make nunchucks and just beat the crap out of <laughs> ourselves. Where did you guys <laughs> grow up? <laughs> Where did we grow up? In America. <laughs> Rural Texas. Well, I don't... I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about Kevin, you know. Were you hanging out in a warehouse with, like, skateboard half-pipes and, and arcade Dude, machines? I, yeah, and... exactly. Yeah, I was there smoking. Speaking of... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, if you... Like, when I was a kid, it is weird. Like, we used to play war, like, every day, and I don't know why. Like, my dad was actually a Marine in, in Vietnam, so you think he would have been like, stop it. <laughs> Mess you That's up. legit not cool, guys. Uh, do you guys want to borrow some of this napalm yeah. for realism? I yeah, will say so that we I do like, have... We were always really weird, you know? I do have a Ninja Turtle scar uh, right under my chin. I can display it to Ben here. I did not know you had this kind of pedigree, dude. Absolutely. So I jumped out of a uh, full cab truck uh, <laughs> shouting cowabunga. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a uh, you know seatbelt attached to the floor, Oops. which caught my foot, and so I fell five feet onto some pavement. Uh, but those five seconds of falling where I was Raphael were just totally worth it. What do you, th what do you think, like... Say, style points alone Absolutely. Do you think e like, people who worked with, like, ERs in, like, 1990s, early 90s, like, had a lot of cowabunga stories coming their way? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. I guarantee you there was all the time people being like, this fucking kid hit his brother in the face with a piece of rebar. <laughs> This kid grabbed his pet turtle and chugged antifreeze. <laughs> this kid just got in the sewer. <laughs> like, he just straight up climbed in it. We're not or sure if that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles associated. He may just be a sewer kid. We haven't you know, really rolled that out yet. You know what's a bad example in this movie? When one of the, the, the Foot Clan decides to descend into the sewers, a couple of them open a manhole and descend down a ladder. One of them yeah. just runs and slides down a drain, like a drain gap, and goes head oh, yeah, first. Like a cat. <laughs> Like not gonna go anywhere. Like oh, we're never getting that out. He's just wedging or a, a shitty reservoir full of trash and dead rats. He really yeah, believed it. It was. He thought it would get him a head in the foot. He was like, "I'm gonna show my initiative." We're talking like New York drainage systems. <laughs> right. Like he's not in for a fun time. And, and we need to remind everybody: this is like '90s, like eight, late '80s, early '90s New York drainage. So ninety percent of that is condoms and old uh, syringes. <laughs> oh, like heroin. This is before galore. New York became like the bastion. Everybody sees it now. Before Giuliani cleaned it up. Right. Back when 90% of Times Square was just titty bars. Yeah. Um, 
So getting into the film, obviously. Wait, and what's are... your what's your connection? Or were you too good for the t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I think I kind of covered it a little bit. I grew I... up where we read books. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> watched the cartoon aggressively. I definitely fought with sticks in the woods. Uh, uh, I don't know well, if I ever part of your Native American training. I, or... I, uh, I, don't call, I don't think I recall ever creating nunchucks out of metal. You fucking maniacs! But <laughs> it was uh... good. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was super into the comic. I watched all of the movies. I think on repeat times. I was crazy about it. Uh, we also discussed in this earlier. Uh, uh, I definitely had a neighbor friend who had both uh, the uh, like the castle from He Man and the truck. Uh, the pizza truck, right? Yeah, like the, the pizza van. The pizza van from yeah, Turtles. I, had that. I think Wait, I, you were the kid. You yeah. were the kid that we hated. We were discussing this. This was a class line for kids our age. Like if I, you have, I, it, it was, I don't think. No, I think you're thinking of the kid who had the GI Joe helicarrier. That was a class line. <laughs> yeah, the GI Joe. Well, that's the one percent. <laughs> the bus was like fifteen bucks. <laughs> I know, but oh, now I understand how poor was my a, parents were. <laughs> Whoa, you just put that in perspective. Oh, shit. What I had was a very loving and great grandmother <laughs> who would buy my brothers all the shit. My dad would be like, we are not spending money on yeah. that. We do not have the money. Like, yeah. We only owned a Nintendo because my grandmother bought it for us. We owned an AT-AT from Star Wars, the Millennium Falcon, and X-Wing, all that my grandmother bought us. We, oh, wow. we, my, we didn't, my dad was not a fan of frivolous spending. He still isn't. So yeah, this was that was probably my one uh, my one present for Christmas. You know, like my one big present was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah van. So as we dive into the movie and its comic connections, one thing I wanted to cover uh, that I picked up in my research that I could not stop laughing when I discovered is that a number of other indie comic creators, both in an effort of parody or potentially as a cash grab, attempted to make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like comics in an attempt to sort of gather up on the phenomenon. Kind of like how we had, like, the biker mice from Mars or whatever. Right. They're just trying to get in that zone. Uh, so these are three comics I found that are real comics that existed in the late 90s, uh, the early 90s, late 80s. Uh, they include adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters, cold-blooded chameleon commandos, and my personal favorite, preteen dirty gene kung fu kangaroos. If that was a real comic... It's, you can Google preteen dirty jean kung fu kangaroos. You can Google it. Is it be... was an Australian only comic because otherwise I don't I think need so. A comet to hit the earth right now. I don't think so. It. You know what I appreciate is that the adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters had a career later on as Kia, you know, spokespeople. Yeah, yeah. right. God damn. They, they came back around. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Get this Kia shell out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they make such great cars. Uh, <laughs> there are some interesting things uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that I'll just throw out, which is, um, you know, why they're called the Foot Clan is a oh. parody of the Marvel, the ninjas in the Marvel comics in Daredevil were the hand. Uh-huh. So they called them the Foot as a joke. And if you read the original origin story of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the chemical that falls in the sewer is caused by a blind kid pushing an old man out of the way of a chemical truck which spills radioactive waste on him. Yeah. Which is the story of how Daredevil becomes Daredevil. So there was all these nods because it was supposed to make it's... fun of the ultra-violent Frank Miller Daredevil runs that were like going on at that time in Marvel. Yeah. And Marvel, for some reason, like 90s obsession with... Or like late 80s, early 90s obsession with ninjas. I don't know why, but they were like, ninjas, that's the hot commodity. So there's all uh, these like weird little things. I always thought that was cool that like the idea that the turtles were actually caused by Matt yeah, Murdock. I'll post some caps about it because it's like like post called it a nod, but if you look at it, the page is a like shot for shot like recreation of that origin story. Like it yeah. even says like the like as the acid like splashed on his eyes, like yeah, they, calling they, out they, the they, eyes specifically, it bounces into the sewer and knocks over a, a kid who's carrying a bunch of turtles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the, the whole premise, what I always thought was, all right, the premise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was always bizarre. Yeah. But this movie takes it into a step that I do not remember being in the comics, which is Splinter is like a Sharpay rat or something. Yeah. His does uncle. kung fu in a cage while he's still a rat. Yeah. Also in the comic. 
Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. I did not remember that. In the comic, uh, Splinter recalls being in his cage doing shadow boxing routines. I showed you these little clips of this from yep. the thing. Yeah, and he uh, and he travels I... with with uh, with his master to New York, and then is and then the, is free. The when... flashbacks of how the turtles and how Master Splinter are created are the most upsetting and creepy things in this entire film. Which it, is some of the, it is some of the sloppiest puppetry in this movie. It make, is, yeah, it's like, it was like they went to Jim Henson and they were like, look, we know you already made all this stuff, but <laughs> could you make us like one-eighth versions we can kind of puppet with strings? They make me tremendously, like, what? tremendously... We don't marionettes. They make me tremendously happy, though, because the amount of rage that the person who will become Shredder displays is really kind of... It doesn't... It's not consistent across the board. So he kills this woman for being his spurned lover. He kills this man for, like, loving this woman. And then Which a rat... seems like a weird plan to me. Shouldn't yeah. he just kill the man and hope he can take the woman? That was... Shredder's got no consistency. Uh, the rat attacks his face, so he cuts off the rat's ear to teach him a lesson and disappears. Yeah, teach the rat a lesson. <laughs> I don't think he meant to teach him a lesson. I think he cut off his ear and the rat ran away. I, I, no, the, the, rat, I the rat sits there the rat staring stays at him. There. He, stare, he stares at him after they getting his ear cut off. Yeah. Right. And I'm both... not going to lie to you. During the second flashback, I was like, I'm checking out here, guys. I can't, <laughs> I can't good faith continue to watch this and not just think it's super uh, dumb. Additionally, the Shredder outfit from the comic is identical, uh, really damn close to the Shredder outfit from the uh, cartoon. He has, like, some less spikes, but he looks vaguely very, very familiar. However, the movie one is a few steps away. He's got... Some of the spikes on, but then he's wearing like his grandmother's bathrobe. Uh, I was gonna say he's dressed like Blanche from the Golden Girls. Yeah, it's or, full sequence. Or it's like he got all of his stuff from a Liberace garage sale. <laughs> and then his helmet is like just like a pointy basket. <laughs> yeah, it, it was supposed to look like a samurai helmet, but apparently they went to the costume guy and they were like, "Do you know what a samurai is?" And he was like, "No." And they were like, "Well." Just figure it out. That's probably got wicker. Yeah. I got it. Can you, can you weave <laughs> wicker, something? The ultimate armor. <laughs> I got this. It's perfect. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some... Curi- and then, like, the weird scene where he shows up and the guy, like, comes and, like, pulls his cape over his spikes. Yeah. I just thought, I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on there. <laughs> I need a spike, guys. Yeah. I need a and spike, And why didn't guy. he just put the cape underneath the spikes? There's a lot of questions I had. So, uh, let's just get into the movie, because this is one of the more aggressive cold opens that I've seen in a long time in the movies we've seen. Yes, and it is it is it, a lengthy cold open. It's like a James Bond cold open if nothing happened in a James Bond cold <laughs> open. Or, or a lot happened, but James Bond isn't there. <laughs> yeah, James Bond's just being told about all the stuff Blofeld just did. Because it does a couple of tropes that we see in a lot of these movies, which is the over-the-top... It's, like, it's the... Uh, uh, Oversound like narration from a news person being like, "You all these movies always open seem to open with like it's the year 2032 and like crime is everywhere." Um, this is that kind of uh, thing, but of, of course, this is a little more relevant because it's April O'Neil giving us her report on the vague teenage ninja threat. <laughs> yeah, which is like insane because there's like there's no eyewitnesses, but then in the montage of people stealing stuff, like seven people see them. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why they keep saying there's no eyewitnesses. But, like, each crime becomes progressively more and more ridiculous while she's talking about it. It's like, at first, it's just like a normal pickpocketing, and you're like, that's not bad. And then somehow they empty an entire truck while the guy is, like, less than a foot away from it for 30 seconds. Right. And then they were just like, how can we top that for stupid? How about a guy takes a TV off of a fire escape that a woman is literally watching? <laughs> it, it concludes with a moving van with both doors open and four ninjas just sitting in the back in plain sight. <laughs> but no one knows what's going on. I'm picturing a ninja in the front seat just, like, eating some Burger King. Like, I'm just, that's, that's the vibe I got. Well, yeah, they, they definitely got some Burger King product placement, so if he they was sure eating did. anything, it was Burger King. Now, here's my question. Sure. What the fuck was the foot's plan? <laughs> Like, what was their empire? Like, pre-turtle interference? Yeah, like, what was his end game? Because it appeared to be they were just stealing shit? I don't even know if they were reselling it. What's lovable is there's some foreshadowing in that opening scene where she's like, what is their plan? It seems random. But that's never closed. Like, there's never a, nope. there's never a plan revealed. It is just random. It just seems like he doesn't want to work. So he was like, maybe I can put <laughs> a bunch of kids into joining a cult. And then <laughs> All right, and then we'll give them skateboards and Burger King and lots of places to hang out. Anything else? We'll need. We'll have uh, Sam Rockwell 
Show them around. Yeah. yeah. That blew my fucking mind. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, God, please. I, I moused over so it would show who was in the scene. I was like, no, Sammy Rockwell's. <laughs> he's, le- he's lead thug in that scene. And he is... Mid-30s? <laughs> yeah. One, he, he's young by Sam Rockwell standards. But two, they were like, we need him to look more like a teenager. Grease him up. He's like oddly <laughs> shiny for some reason. It's Wait, are you saying... Unsettling. Are you saying like uh, like like somebody on set got told grease up old Sammy? <laughs> yeah, they like, looks too old. His skin's too dry. Give him some of that teenage greasy face. And they were like, we don't know how to do that. And they were like, we'll just lube him up like he's a wrestler then. Shave a stripe into his eyebrow. You'll be fine. Give him a lot oh. of Burger King and make him run around the block. <laughs> I also love at the end where they're like, he's like, well, what's going on? They're like, go to this abandoned warehouse. It's like, um, all of you are going to be arrested. You committed a crime. <laughs> no, he leaves him alone. He's like, that's good like, enough for back. me. Yeah. Sir, we just found a bunch of skateboards. <laughs> found a bunch of skateboards and tons of arcade games, which... Who are they getting to service those? Because I used to work at a miniature golf course, and those things break frequently, and you need a yeah. trained professional to fix them. Especially if you have the diehard machine. That thing was busted all the time. Right? Yeah, anything with a light sensor, guys. It's an expensive and complicated piece of machinery. <laughs> uh, but didn't didn't that f- the, the, the Foot Clan hideout... Didn't that do a bad job of making, like, being a bad guy look like something you shouldn't want to do? Like, because I saw that and I'm like, that looks fucking sweet. Like, you get to learn how to be a goddamn ninja and you get to eat oh, pizza really? to me, and I was just like, play games. Are you going to be, like, a transient hobo? I'm like, that doesn't look that great. Uh, I was mostly concerned about my ability to smoke menthol cigarettes. That was, uh, yeah. that was a huge appeal. Well, like, the, well, then they open the montage of the Foot Clan. Kid one is nine smoking a cigar. <laughs> That's the first yeah, the kid. Of young kids who are picking up cigarettes. I guess that's how we should have known it was an independent film, because no studio would have been like, yeah, whatever. Like they cut to like a sixteen-year-old girl like playing pool and and blowing bubble gum. Like that's your step two after nine-year-old cigar smoker. And then they show the kids that are like playing poker and they're all smoking. I'm like, none of those kids are over fourteen, and they're all smoking cigarettes. It's a very weird line they. They're all smoking, but there was so much commitment to product placement that none of them are drinking. They've all got crushed up cans of Mountain Dew. So and, they're, and, they're chain-smoking cigarettes yeah. and drinking pop. And playing roulette? Like, I don't think teens... <laughs> Those fuckers do not know how roulette works. Teens are not <laughs> in a roulette. <laughs> but two people were fucking on the table. You can't what? play roulette if the numbers are covered. Wait, I, wait, wait, I, I missed that. I missed that scene. Well, I mean, it's 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 implied they're doing something. Their feet are, you know, kind of mingled together like you do during intercourse on a roulette Wait, table. Are you suggesting that there's some female members of this clan? Because I don't recall seeing any. Yes, there's that one. You just there mentioned the, the bubble girl bubble playing Yeah, pool. I guess so, but she's never in, like, a ninja. There's also, outfit. like, a very, like, uh, like, I feel like they put out a casting call where they were just like, all right, we need fat, nerdy kids. Any Asian person we can find, just kidding, we'll only pick two. And then they were like, we need the whitest people we can find and Latinos. I'm sorry, kid. No, that was – it was the most – they was really committed to the multiculturalism of the 90s. That was crazy about every time a gang showed up, there was one Latino kid, one white kid, and one black kid. And there yeah. was always a three in that it was, first shot. It was like, like whoever cast it was like the person who used to make uh, social studies book covers. Exactly. I, I think Kevin made the comparison that every gang looked like uh, just the Burger King Kids Club. You know, just like one of maybe, each. Maybe, maybe that was it. Like they were like, Look, we want you to put the Burger King Kids Club in this movie. Every one of them except Wheels. Wheels doesn't get to be a foot. Which we discussed. Well, yeah. We also discussed that it's fucking bullshit that the smart one's IQ, the one likes video games, Kid VR, the one that's like into sports is like is like. I don't know. Fucking I think it was like coach. it was like shark or something. Yeah, there was there was like the sweet then, talking one named Lingo. The handicap kid is Wheels. <laughs> You gotta imagine that he's like, guys, I am into 17th century French literature. Can I be... (laughs) No, you're in a wheelchair. You're wheels. I'm sorry. That's off topic. That's right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Burger Kicking It Up. I don't know. What I found was interesting was uh, their, their, like, attempt to stick somewhat near the comic in the cartoon, but then their attempt to just be like, eh. Like, when they first introduce April O'Neil, she gives some speech, and then when she's leaving, she's wearing cut-off jeans. Like, what reporter goes to work in cut-off jeans? You can only see her top half. It's fine. It's fine. I guess, yeah, I guess she could be naked for all we know. And she has that really ugly yellow... Uh... Jumpsuit? Yeah. She steered clear of that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was... Uh, I think the actress was like a big no on that one. <laughs> 
Wait, she does I... have a yellow raincoat. Yeah, in one that's of the, the early closest. Scenes. That's yep. the closest we get. Um, Casey Jones pops into this movie earlier than I expected, and I kind of forgot that he was in this. Is that uh, weird? I kind of forgot that Casey Jones is about forty-five. Is what I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I in the comic he's like this vigilante. In this one, he seems like he just works at like sports authority. <laughs> Well, he looks like he's a pervert because he's sitting on a roof with binoculars. Yeah. What the fuck is he doing with the binoculars? I just it's like, like he... see a crime happening and run down twenty stories and get out onto the street and stop it. He's just up there looking for girls changing. Also, look, I live in Chicago. Uh, oh, really? Um, Guys, did you? Do that? Uh, I live in Chicago and I've seen some weird shit, but I would be confused to see a man with a quiver of sports equipment. That would throw me yeah, off. Yeah, like a hockey mask, which looks like he's a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody wears a hockey mask. Uh, but I fucking love him in this movie. Like, he adds this, like, extra, like, third heat to all the scenes where I just, I was obsessed with it. I, I think it's fantastic. And he was, like, a, an archetype that I just don't think you see in films anymore. Like, just a weird, like, I don't chauvinistic character of what we think people from New York are like. Right. An His anti-hero. Actions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but not even like an anti-hero. And with no backstory. Why does he go punch people? My question Talk is, does he have a job? Like, yeah. He just or goes just... to the farm for a couple weeks. Did he put in for vacation? Or... He looks at a dicks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, man. He was in the same pair of sweatpants the entire movie. No, he does not oh. have a job. Yeah. <laughs> um... We are introduced I when they introduced the turtles, I do like that they brought they created emo before it was a thing. Like Raphael is so whiny in this movie. I forgot how bitchy his character is this entire movie. It's not great for him. But he was always the popular one. I don't no, know why. No, I, what's odd to me is that Donatello's always like portrayed as the super intelligent one, but he spends the first half of the movie making really bad, dumb jokes with Michelangelo, and yeah. has, you have no sense of him being intelligent. He's just like Michelangelo's yeah, they, dumb brother. And at one point, they're all trying to come up with words, and he can't come up with a good one. And I'm like, wait, shouldn't he be like doing like, you know? At some point, when he's out on the farm, they go to a wide shot, and he's on this like the right hand of the frame. He's got a stick, and he's just poking the dirt going, ba ba <laughs> He's the dumb one in this, and that's insane, because it's the literal opposite of who he is. Like, there were, like, dozens of high-achieving nerdy kids just waiting for this movie to come out, being like, Donatello, show them what smart kids are good for! Make a gadget! Enjoy the pork rhyme. Maybe it's because they cast Corey Feldman to do the voice, and when he came on set, they were like, read this smart line. He started reading it, and they were like, ooh, this isn't going to track. No, you can't pronounce that word. We don't have enough cocaine to get him to read this line. He pronounced it suance. I'm not sure. Um, But there's definitely a hierarchy to, like, to both screen time and and like acting ability, if you can call it that, of these turtles in this in this sequence, um, Raphael is by far the protagonist of all the turtles. He gets tons of screen time. He has an actual arc. He has like 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 he has reflection time on who he is. There may or not may not be a forbidden love interest where he loves a human and she could never love him. Yeah, Michelangelo gets part of the next level because he's like the real catchphrase worthy one. Right. And then like Donatello or Leonardo sort of does some like leadership stuff a little bit, but even that's a little weak. And then Donatello is just barely there. Right. Like he's there but, for yeah, a couple Donatello of lines. Donatello is just there cuz they were like there's four of them in the comics. <laughs> We'd sell more merchandise if we keep them as four. So, uh, real quick, an important thing to establish. Uh, which turtle is your turtle, Pokes? What do you mean? What was my favorite? Yeah, of course. Yeah, which one did you favorite. want to be when you were beating when, when your I was neighbor a with a stick? Like, what, a kid, my favorite what was turtle Michelangelo. were you? There we go. There you go. And, uh, Kevin was Raphael? I had a Raphael was the one that I wanted to be. Donatello right here, yeah. It's, we were also discussing that Leonardo is the least popular option in most cases, Perhaps not because his character sucked, but because most people didn't want to, like, own up to the fact that by saying Leonardo, you're saying, like, yeah, I'm a leader. And that requires a confidence that most 12-year-olds don't have. Right. Also, yeah, I friends... just wanted the one who liked pizza. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that covers it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's why I identify as Garfield. I like lasagna, too, you know? <laughs> so much better than Odie. Uh, speaking of pizza, Wait, are you suggesting that... there was a Domino's 30 minutes or less until they had to stop that because a driver killed himself. 
I'm sorry. To make it there. Real quick before we move on, are you suggesting that like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, kids chose their favorite Garfield character and yeah. someone would pick Odie? <laughs> well, the worst is when somebody picked Thermal. Was that what was it? It's not Thermal, Van Thermal. <laughs> thermal was the coat that John wore, or the goggles. <laughs> Touche. Look, guys, I'm not that up on comics I don't enjoy. But yeah, That's why a... I don't know any of the names of the people from Family Circus. <laughs> there is an assload of uh, Domino's pizza happening in this movie. The Noid makes an appearance on a yes, coffee table? we caught that. Really? There's, there's a Noid figurine on the coffee table of the, the Turtles' headquarters, yeah. Wow, that's insane. I did not notice that. I, I'm sure people listening are like, what the fuck is the Noid? And that's how we know we're all old. <laughs> Uh, I did enjoy the, the 30 minutes or less thing, so I was like, oh man, I remember when they did that, and it was like a huge deal, and then they got in trouble because like people were like getting in accidents trying to like race there because they took it out of the driver's paycheck. Yeah. It's super fucked up when you think about it. I thought it was like terrible modeling for kids, because like, we're all just describing how we want to be Ninja Turtles, you know, and there's a scene in the movie where the driver shows up late, so the turtle's like, nope, not gonna pay you your wage, sorry. Like, that's and the cool thing to do. And then I felt bad, because I was like, wait, are there like pizza drivers in New York that are like middle-aged men driving scooters <laughs> yes like actually. this is a rough go for this guy <laughs> so, speaking of uh, turtles and weird things that happen am i supposed to believe that the turtles can go out in public just by putting on a trench coat and a hat yeah yes you are we discussed this people seem to be really fooled by the world's worst disguise although He's legit from the bottom of that coat down not wearing pants or shoes and is just green and his face does not look anything like a per- it's not even like he wraps a scarf around his face it's just a guy in a top hat the movie gives him a little out and it's part of the like new york is crazy yeah that's where... what they were trying to do is to be like no this is the way new york is bro uh, Raphael gets hit by a cab and the person in the cab's bewildered because there's a giant human turtle that just got hit and the cab driver's like yeah it happens all the time and continues driving uh, my, my favorite is Casey Jones meets one of the turtles for the first time and his hat is knocked off, which is only the first indication that he might not be a person. <laughs> Somehow he was cool with it up to then. But the hat comes off and he's like, what do you wear? I hate, I, hate, I hate punks wearing green makeup and masks. And I'm like, which is it, Casey? Is he wearing a mask or is he in green makeup? This also shows that something's like wrong. Like I feel like Casey Jones is indicative <laughs> of like New York's homeless problem in the 90s, just crazy people. But he comes out and the two kids that Raphael chases off, Casey Jones refers to them as punkers? Yeah. Which yep. I don't know what a punker is. I know what a punk is. But he's like, I hate punkers. And I'm like, are you making that sound like it's a career choice you know like <laughs> i'm a baker i'm a punker i could not and he key, he says it like four times in a sentence it's insane and i think he says the same thing he's like i hate punkers in and i'm like that's not a word you can't just make it one he, uh he wanted to i will say for all the failed disguises we've discussed a lot in the podcast we've covered a lot of episodes with movies where something absolutely paranormal insane and fantastical happens and the reaction is often quite blasé. So I was happy that when when April wakes up and there's a rat talking to her and turtles are hanging out, she screams for six minutes. Like, she just loses it. And I, yeah, I, I give them credit. That, although yeah. she does, again, though, come to grips with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, immediately <laughs> in the next scene, a giant turtle is doing movie in, like interpretation. Cagney like, impression. That's <laughs> Who were those geared towards? Like, as a kid, were they like, you know what kids love? Is James Cagney? Like, is a lot of kids are watching well, old, no old mobster films. Let's run down the old references that we caught because they do Cagney. They do a bunch of old noir movie references. Yeah, they mention uh, they, Bogey. They do, when Bogey. Yeah. They do Rocky. Rocky. He does Rocky. They do Rocky. They yeah. say Grapes of Wrath, <laughs> like as the punchline. Just the title, Grapes of Wrath, is the punchline to like what the house looks like. Uh, there's a lot, and then and then there's of course there's the weird sexual overtones between Casey and April in the later sections of the farm sequence where she comes in in like a sheer top and is getting a, like a, a, a neck massage from a very aggressive Casey Jones. That yeah, I don't remember from being a kid. An answer. But that leads to, uh, that leads to uh, a, a pretty, a pretty weird joke only shortly after that I had also did not remember, which is when they were arrived back at the turtles headquarters Casey Jones says he doesn't want to stay underground because it freaks him out. 
Donatello says that he's he's claustrophobic, and he says, "Hey, man, I've never even looked at a man that way. I've never looked at a guy." Is what he said. Got, yeah, I've never looked at a guy like 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 that or whatever. And then he like storms off, and I was like, "Ooh." Oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you forget that, like, in the 90s, it was fun to be like, those crazy gays. Yeah, like, like multiculturalism is great. Homophobia, yeah, maybe we could still <laughs> hey, ride man, with they that. know their market. Yeah. Uh, don't if forget you like the... giant. If you like giant people turtles, you don't like gays. It's just, <laughs> that was the 90s, man. That was the line you drew. Uh, I do love when I write notes that say, what the fuck is happening, but with no, cl- <laughs> with no note as to what scene it is, so that's well, sweet. Again, let's cover the core plot here, because uh, basing it off a of comic, the first issue of comic, which uh, the first volume, I mean, which encompasses both the introduction of the origin of the Turtles, like this movie, and ends with the defeat of Shredder by falling off a building, which is also how this movie ends, um, the, the, the course of the comic is very simple. It's just that uh, uh, Shredder is attempting to, to uh, or no, Splinter is attempting to become strong enough to revenge to, to, to cast revenge for his master upon shredder uh and then they do and that's the end of the movie however i don't know if you recall this folks in the final scene of the comic they defeat shredder of course everyone's bloodied and like sliced up and and bad like he's been stabbed with a sword like it's not like the fight scenes in this movie which we can get to in a minute here but he's defeated and they hand him donatello Leonardo's sword and tell him to commit seppuku on the roof of a building well, I mean, in their defense, it's 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 a cultural difference, man. We just don't know. Uh, he don't, does it, and he tries to stab them, and they throw him off the roof. I don't know whether like that's any less gory than the fact that Shredder is eaten by a trash compacting. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about the, how Blase Casey Jones commits straight up murder <laughs> and then stands he there? a man to death. I know he doesn't really die because I've in seen front of teens, in front of uh, yeah, many teens. Many teens. <laughs> Yeah, who saw him as a father figure. <laughs> Just, to those teens, that was their dad. And they watched him get slowly crushed with his pointy hat in a trash compactor. And then the cops show up, and Casey Jones is not going, oh boy, and leaving. <laughs> He's standing brazenly on top of the trash compactor being like, yeah! So still, yeah like, he basically walks up and says, oops, and pushes a button that crushes <laughs> him. I, I, like That's the most blasé murder I have ever seen committed in my life, like, just like, eh, I guess his, I'll crush this guy while I'm here. His follow-up isn't contrition, it's the continued sexual harassment of April O'Neil as she tries <laughs> to do her job. But, but in between those segments, all the comic offers is just gritty turtles fighting and, like, and like, and like atmosphere. This movie introduces, like, as we discussed earlier, the Foot Clan with a very dramatic purpose, as if they're going to accomplish some sort of goal, which is never firmly established. The goal is he doesn't want to pay retail for TV. <laughs> <laughs> they also seem to have this hierarchical structure where there's, like, Shredder, there's that boss there's guy, guy, the Asian boss guy. who There's I the don't... Asian guy that they were like, mm, he's hard to understand, just make him grunt a lot. <laughs> I've never seen like... a, a character with that many lines where half of them are just... Ugh. Yeah, then there's just straight down into like I, what I assume are a hierarchy of the Foot Clan, right. and then there's like the kids that aren't good enough to be ninjas that, yet. That will someday become the Foot right. Clan. They're just like not. They're just wearing the bandanas and they're not there yet. And I'll throw it out that I have increasing like sympathy for the Foot Clan and less like I yeah. feel less good about how much they're getting beat up on as the movie goes on because then you're like, oh, that kid's ten and he just got a mask put on him. Yeah, and they're, now they're like they're stabbing troubled him. teens. Right. <laughs> Which, like, which is the opposite direction that the cartoon goes. The cartoon's like, oh, they're robots. It's cool. Yeah. But the, and the movie's like, what if they were? What if they were empathetic teens? <laughs> it is bizarre because, like, during the one fight scene, I'm like, aren't these basically like brainwashed children? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Like at one scene, Leonardo. It's uh, like a real children warrior story, you know. Leonardo keeps shadow boxing a kid to sort of uh, like shift him backwards, and then above him, April just jams a broom into his skull and they're like yeah good hit i'm like you just cracked the skull of like a 14 year old like, doctor the kid's not okay <laughs> and then uh we talked about this as well like the foot clan is assembled to chase the turtles on many occasions in this movie obviously uh it seems that like the the asian captain there and shredder have some idea that these turtles exist and that splinter exists but these teens have no fucking clue <laughs> 
So, like, when they are going to April O'Neil's house to raid it, are they briefed on that at some point, just before nah. they get there, that, like, Turtle Men exist and they'll be there? <laughs> <laughs> because they don't seem too shocked by their presence. They're all hopped up on a lot of drugs. Uh, does does that guy just be like, by the way, as we're arriving in this, I don't know, van or whatever that we're going to be in to get there. Like, By the way, as we get there, turtle men exist. Mutants are there. They know a lot of pop culture. They will cite it at many occasions. They also have weapons. We don't have a ton. Although some guy will be in the hallway and mid-fight he may run in with a bunch of spears. Did you, did you catch that, Pogues? What when the the one guy runs in with like the thing of axes? Just an armful of armful of spear axes. Seventy five percent into a fight. He's like, it, it's insane when he comes in as if like they left, and he was like, these are heavy guys. I can't keep up. Just go ahead, and I will catch up with you in a bit. I like so think, heavy. I like to think you're yeah. about to go in, and, and he's like, guys, I brought all these spears. He's like, shut up, Dave. Yeah. You wait out here. I love when he runs in, and he starts, like, handing them out. Like, they're like, yeah. like people just run out, and they're like, sweet, I got an axe. And yeah, now they, you guys are, are having the Dave's here. But they showed up with no weapons, right. and, and very, like, muscle-bound mutants are there. With swords, <laughs> like, and then one guy with like a bunch of sports equipment, but he's yeah. also pretty muscular. Yeah, he's, and forty, he's probably like on meth. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the Foot Clan, did you think it's weird that like midway through the movie, like the movie starts and they're like, "There's a mysterious crime wave. Nobody knows what's causing it." Blah blah blah, and then she goes to interview the chief of police, and she's like, well, "What about this Foot Clan?" It's like, wait. Why? Why do you know what the Foot Clan is? I thought they were. I thought there was no eyewitnesses to any of these crimes, and somehow you figured out that there's an ancient Japanese ninja clan that's stealing TVs with "I Heart New York" bumper stickers on them. Like they never <laughs> explain where she gets any of the information she has. It's just like she knew all along. It's crazy. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. That all of a sudden it is strange because they were just like, "Shit, we never call them the Foot Clan. We got to explain what they are." All right. Also, the turtles are not very ninja. No. no. Well, except when uh, – okay, this is something I need to establish here. Except when um, April's boss comes to her apartment. But who is that to April? Do we? Uh, it's her boss. I think it's like her it, work husband. Also, well, I think – or real husband. Is that her child? Are we not sure that Danny is – Danny is – Who is Danny's mother? Speaking of Danny real quick, can we pause? Yes. I think Danny might be a young Seth Green. Opinions. No. Well, I went looking for him on IMDb, and he's not listed – like anywhere in the in the cast, so like maybe Danny, like he's just too embarrassed about this moment in his career and doesn't want to be known by that character. <laughs> he wants to be known for his other work as right. Danny. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Charles, I, Charles is Charles is April's boss at the news headquarters because he fires her at some point and is giving her yes. assignments, but he also shows up at her apartment regularly and Danny. His son is consistently at her apartment eating right. breakfast as if he slept there. Right. So well, it, do you it, think it's possible that it's just like, you know, like a friends with benefits relationship, you know? Yeah, where he brings his child? That could be. It feels a lot oh, like... Oh, well, I, assume I was talking a three-way. <laughs> okay. It feels a <laughs> lot like Danny lives there, but... Well, Danny appears to be able to be wherever he wants. <laughs> How he finds where the turtles are, I don't know. Uh, he wasn't with the Foot Clan when they went and attacked him in the sewer, but somehow he knows where it is. And is hiding in a weird closet for some reason. Uh, yeah, I don't I, – that whole thing – I didn't understand their relationship either. But I, that feels like a real 90s movie thing. It was just like one troubled teen kind of walks about the city as he pleases? Well, yeah, that too. I meant more the uh, like the boss worker, like the idea that like there's like a boss who acts as like a father figure – and is like way too invested in his employees' lives to the point where it's sort of weird. Yeah, because he shows up at her at her be- uh, her her apartment, which I brought this up because the only time in which they're extremely ninja-like is when he comes over. They all seem to hide almost impossibly in her small apartment. Right. Yeah, including uh, Michelangelo appears to have just been hiding on the floor directly beside her. Yeah, I kind of love I kind of love that. Actually. Just like shoots up out of the floor. I love that the movie implies that they're just that good. That even though they're giant and in very squishy general, like <laughs> they're squishy. By the way, do we notice that? Like in every yeah, scene where yeah, they're touched, they, yeah. they 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 have a, like too much give. It's definitely a foam shell, <laughs> yeah, which maybe is just a product of being a big turtle. I don't know. And then um, they, they did say that people inside them say it was terrible because it's just foam. The suit. 
Right. And it doesn't breathe because it's like been latex painted and everything. And so as you sweat, the foam absorbs it. So when they started, the costumes would be like 30 pounds. And by the end, they would be so full of water, they would weigh like 70 to 80 pounds of just human sweat. I pulled up some good background information on this because I'm so fascinated by what it was like to do that. There's a really great episode of a podcast called uh, I Was There Too, in which uh, the, the the whole episode is dedicated to uh, Josh Pice, who plays uh, – plays. interestingly, he plays the guy in this – he does all the stunt work and karate and movement uh, for Raphael and then also voiced him. He's the only one to do that. Every other character was like an Asian stunt actor and then they got like, you know – Corey Feldman to talk over him. But, um, and I think that's part of why Raphael gets so much screen time in this movie is because uh, uh, Josh Pice is a native New Yorker who grew up in a shitty neighborhood and got mugged a lot and, and got into karate to like like try and like not be a weakling. So a lot of like the, the, the stunt work and the accent that he brings to the Raphael character and a lot of like the, uh, the emotingness that he's able to bring, which is a word I just made up, uh, is pretty fucking good. Which makes sense why he's given all of this screen time and Donatello just sort of grunts and pokes the floor and wanders around the background. Yeah, maybe so they weird. wrote Donatello out. Like maybe yeah, he had a bigger they, role. I think they did. There's some really bad dubbing uh, that oh, goes on. yeah. But one last thing about the suits is that there was two – well, a couple things. There's two suits that they wore. They wore a lighter, like, just foam version with no facial, like, movement, like, mechanics in it just for the stunt sequences. And then they wore that really heavy one that Pogues was talking about. And the shell was full of, like, machinery to run the gears in the face, uh, which is just insane. Can you imagine trying to block and film that? Because it's not the actors who are manipulating the faces. It's somebody else off screen with his yeah. insane remote I mean, that's set. also crazy. you got to think that, like, half of the scenes in that movie have to be filmed, like, twice. Like, they have to right. film with the costume that has the animatronics in it. And then when they're fighting, you notice that their faces don't really move. It's because, like, they take the animatronics out. They have, like, a version that has no animatronics because that adds all that extra weight. So they had to film, like, each scene multiple times depending on whether or not they needed the turtles to talk during it so i mean it's, it had to be a pain in the ass to film well, yeah there's, there's, there's got to be an alternative credits that are like this is in loving memory of the eight people who died <laughs> oh yeah costumes the uh, last of the, the the Raphael character specified that um the suit was in about like 30 pieces and uh, the body was in mo- the body was most of that and it took them like hours to assemble it and because of that, uh, they were not able to like come in and out of it at many times during the day. They didn't drink a lot of water because they couldn't use the bathroom very easily. So they were like dehydrating themselves in these suits. And to, to make sure that the suit didn't fall apart midway, a lot of pieces, including the head, were glued on. And Josh recites having bad cla- claustrophobia. Uh, he's not gay. I just mean like he has bad claustrophobia. But <laughs> um, um, uh, and he was like, had a real. He said while filming, and he had things to do. He was fine, but like when like a suit would break, and they have to just sit around for an hour, like waiting, he would just have panic attacks. <laughs> and I could, I could only fathom it in that yeah, fucking suit. Yeah, that would be suit. insane. Given the budget of the film, he wasn't making much. But it's like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they, he got paid in what he could eat at craft services. No, I mean it was Domino's Pizza. Uh, oh, tr- which is a fate worse than death. So one of the things I also wanted to talk about was uh, there's a lot of comic relief in this movie. Way more than, obviously, the comic. Uh, the cartoon is filled with it. But the comic, later later into later volumes, they do get a little more teenage. But early on, they're super serious in the comic. But in this movie, they are not. There's a lot of jokes. I felt like at least a good half of them were solid. Or at least. I mean, I, I continued to giggle. Pogues, I, I laughed. Your, your opinion of it is being trash. Uh, <laughs> Was it totally shared on this end? Well, I don't know if it was trash, but I remember like thinking it was like a really good and enjoyable movie, and then watching it, I was like, this is not a really good or enjoyable movie. <laughs> I disagree. I would I mean, go watch it again right now. that are fine, but I stand by the the farm scene is like 15 minutes longer than it needs to be. Pogues, I want to specify, uh, A, there's a joke in which... No one says anything, and and Raphael, or Michelangelo just picks up a bottle of turtle wax and laughs, and I laughed too. Uh, to... I think that says more that you need to have somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I went to comedy school. Um, 
two, two, they give a funeral for a pizza, which is just fantastic. Uh, yeah. Was, I, uh... I, guys, I've learned something very important tonight. <laughs> ben has a terrible sense of humor, so every time I've ever made him laugh, I now feel bad about myself. Also, at some point, Shredder is forced to say, with malice, the word turtles, and he seems to have a hard time with it. <laughs> I, think it's, a... I think it's hard to do anything in that costume and be like, I'm trying to come off as a badass. No, but, like, your your maddest, like, voice saying turtles just doesn't sound that mad. Like, like, like Pogues, the turtles have, 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 have crossed you for the last time. How do you, how do you respond? Uh, <laughs> I just really rethink my life. <laughs> I sit down and I think, do I still need kids to steal random shit from the back of trucks? Or maybe I can put my communications degree to work. Should I'm assuming I train... that's what Shredder had. Should I train teens to fight and then get upset when one of them goes headfirst into the sewer? <laughs> I do feel back. like when they came back, he was like, Kenny, can I talk to you over here for a second? <laughs> the guys told me you just face-planted right into the sewer. What's up with that? Okay, well, uh, there is one one other thing we have to talk about. Absolutely have to talk about. Can we talk about is... real quick? Uh, the turtle's great medical aid that they give Raphael? Oh, well, they put him sideways in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah, they just like face down in a, in a tub. See what happens. I could not believe when they were like, "Raphael's still hurt." Leonardo won't leave his side, and they cut to it, and it looks like somebody just walked in and dumped a body into a tub. And no. like, yeah, fuck it, close enough. It looks so, like you threw a party, and you came into your bathroom, and someone fell passed out in their puke in the tub. Like we we had we had a conversation about like these jokes, and because they're really funny if they're self aware, but there's also the possibility that they were like, well, just tur- throw the like turtle suit into the bathtub. However, we've only got so much film time that we're paid for. Just that's fine. Yeah, like I feel like they went to that guy up. and he was like, I'm not getting in the suit and laying in that tub. And like, just throw the suit into there. Yeah, Did you ever have friends, folks, that did dumb stuff based on what they saw in the Ninja Turtles? I, I mean, no dumber than what we've already discussed. I, I did mention to Ben, there's a scene early in the film where Michelangelo... Uh, sees April O'Neil on the television and gives the TV a kiss and goes, oh, what a babe. Uh, I had a friend who was about a year younger than I was. So, you know, I probably was seven at the time that we were playing most Ninja Turtles. I really feel like this is a story about you. He, he saw that scene and he was the kid that wanted to be with Michelangelo. Remember, I wanted to be the Raphael of the group and just began kissing the television any time that there was an attractive woman that came on in his family's living room. And so there was just, a, like, a TV screen that was covered in lip prints from my weird friend Derek uh, based on what he had seen in Ninja Turtles 1. That's that's sort of weird. Are you sure he just wasn't a pervert? <laughs> it he I mean, I didn't see him after age 10. Because uh, he's in prison. That, <laughs> it's quite possible. Uh, I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt that Derek is, is in prison. Derek, if you're out there, uh, sorry about, you know, everything that went down in your teenage years, man. So, or we hope. Or we hope. Yeah. So the last thing I want to discuss, Pogues, is did you stick around for the credit sequence at the end? Uh, I believe I did, Ben, because I'll, let me tell you a little something why. I own the soundtrack to this movie. Oh, so you own the song T-U-R-T-L-E Power yes. by Partners in Crime, spelled K-R-Y-N-E? Wait, that's not Humpty? You thought it was Humpty. It was not it's Humpty. It's not Humpty. It it's, sounds just like Humpty. It's two guys who just did turtle sounds. Yo, they ripped <laughs> off Humpty. It made me wonder. I was like, has rap gotten better or worse? And I'm not sure. Better. <laughs> well, to be clear, these two guys only recorded songs as the partner, as the partners in crime. Uh, also, uh, the, uh, Wikipedia specifies that partners is also pluralized with a Z, in case you were curious. Right. Uh, uh, but they only recorded songs for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this movie, and Cool as Ice. Oh, God, the... Oh, that's, that's rough stuff, guys. That is rough. Turtle Power spent four weeks at number one on the UK pop charts. Thank you, England. (laughs) All right, Brexit. Uh, uh... But they wanted to leave, because it didn't appear in Europe. I highly recommend looking up Turtle Power by Partners in Crime, because it is the script of this entire movie in a rap song. Like, they go from cold open to the end of the film. They cite all the major characters. They have some bad rhymes. 
Not since LL Cool J's My Head is Like a Shark's Fin at the end of Deep Blue Sea has a rap more perfectly captured a film. When did we this... stop doing that? Because Will Smith rapped every movie he was in. I want more rap synopses of movies in which rappers are in them. Or I agree that every Will Smith movie should end with him doing a rap. To a Stevie <laughs> Wonder song, because that was 90% of his rap career. You mean you want him to like do a rap for like Pursuit of Happiness? Well, yeah. <laughs> about his daughter dying, I just want to rap. <laughs> it's collateral happiness. Uh, I don't want oh, nada. None of this. My child's dead. A couple of quick samples include We Need Heroes Like the Lone Ranger when Tonto came pronto when there was danger. I mean, in their defense, Tonto was very punctual. <laughs> Oh, God, it's... Uh... I actually, I was, like, when the movie ended, I was like, thank God that's over, and the first, like, two notes played, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot all about this. No, but you listen to the whole thing? Yeah, I sat pizza's... and listened to the whole thing. Pizza's the food that's sure to please. These ninjas, they're into pepperoni and cheese. Like, come on! That's brilliant. <laughs> I, man, you're not going to get an argument from me, because that song better than the entire movie. Oh. So good, guys. I also own the soundtrack Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 because... It's ninja rap, obviously. Yeah, go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go. Right. Uh, I don't understand the lyrics. Uh, your shell is hard, so you shout, they can't dust off like some old coffee table. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that one... I'm. Read it to me again, because I don't your think I got that. Your <laughs> shell is so is hard, so you shout, they can't dust us off. Like some old coffee table. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a really Walt Whitman. <laughs> Every other line in the rap song rhymes, except for that one. Do you guys I remember just... "Turtle Power" by Walt Whitman? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out like, is that like a common phrase? Like you got dusted off like an old coffee, table. old coffee table. The line that always stuck with me was, "Your shell is so hard, so you shout. They can't dust us off like some old coffee table." We all know that you can't dust hard that things even... off. Yeah, that's... I'm going to have Sarah cross-stitch that and hang it up in the wall. I, that happen. would be amazing. You get that as a tattoo. You I know, should. Are, are you going to like put the little like by partners in crime on the cross-stitch? I believe I will. You've got to yeah. attribute that to someone. Make sure yeah, she knows that partners in crime is spelled not even close to right. K-R-Y-M-E. You spelled it with an S! We can't use this! Divorce! Uh, <laughs> that's not how divorce works <laughs> yeah you just yell it and storm out dude i've been married a few times or i'm guilty of polygamy either way oh well uh any final notes on yeah, tmnt I, that we didn't cover i'd like to just point out there's a couple things in this movie that uh, appear in other films oh, that we've yeah, done okay. one of which is a, a, Sam a voiceover <laughs> my favorite is the voiceover that starts at the farm but has not appeared in the rest of the movie at all Okay, just to be clear, Kevin, we have covered maybe about 15 movies which begin with a narrator telling you what's going on and then never have a narrator again. Right. Or Why is that a thing? Pla- just appears at the very end to be like, because that's the way things are. And you're like, wait, what? Where did the narrator go all this time? It's also happened in Barbed Wire. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think they, they put a twist on that. She was like over some paper saying words out loud. And then you're like, oh, she's writing in a job. Oh, she's sketching. That's different. Yeah. Also, I want one of those sketches pretty bad. Yeah, you, you and Danny. Danny. You and yeah, Danny. Yep. Uh, also, uh, this is another film in which uh, the budget did not include bras. So, <laughs> from the classic Josie and the Pussycats, this woman, the bar, the far, the farm sequence just becomes more and more aggressive as it goes on. Yeah. And vaguely creepier because Casey Jones keeps touching her more and more, and the turtles just seem way into watching it. <laughs> uh, none of them intervene, and that... You know, I just wanted the scene where they were like all sitting downstairs playing Trivial Pursuit, and and they're just getting like knocked out. And this has been <laughs> and this has been Nipple Watch with your co-host Pokes. Hey guys, <laughs> I I can't help but notice it. It's it's a it's a it's a curse and a gift. Uh, also, this movie has no idea how meditation works. Meditation hey. is not magical. You can't make a person appear <laughs> like they're a force ghost. That's that's the scene that I checked out. During. Yeah, so yeah. Thanks for uh, <laughs> make sure to clarify about the about the, the supernatural limits of giant turtles. Pose. So, so the turtles. Well, I'm just saying, man. Look, <laughs> radiation on turtles. I get meditation is a real thing. I've done it. You can't make people appear out of nowhere. 
Maybe also, there's can. no supernatural element to the rest of the movie. It's all hard science, guys. Radiation yeah, I, plus turtles equals Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, fall, I, I, you know, go ahead and try to prove it wrong. Uh, yeah, you can't, Mythbusters. How about, <laughs> you know what else is magical? The fact that Casey Jones seems to have an apartment and a job. <laughs> I'm not sure. They never show him in an apartment. He appears he just to just live on, on a sits, He sits on people's fire escapes until they're like, Get out of here, Casey Jones! <laughs> <laughs> he sits he on people's fire his... escapes trying to listen into old CB radio calls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drinking drinking old-school Gatorade, which comes in a glass bottle I had forgotten. Uh, really precarious to have at a high Honey, place. where's my cricket bat? <laughs> God damn it, did that Casey Jones come by and steal stuff again? I, I, I know that this is a trope, but man, I want to know what happened to all the teens that were pre-Foot Clan after Shredder got eaten by that trash compactor. Like, what happened to Spear Guy? Did he go find, like, a job where he was just, you know, holding coats or something? Because it's the only skill he got. Other guys were, like, kicking ass or getting really good at cards or smoking. He, he's, uh, he, he works uh, on Olympic events. And he just hands people javelins. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's like, well, they're not quite, you know, spears, <laughs> but they're close enough. He'll just stand in the background and somebody be like, I used to be a ninja. <laughs> and now he's, like, working at a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what long, like, thin objects you hold at McDonald's. He's a caddy. He's a caddy. Uh, he's a caddy but now. He, he doesn't. He doesn't hold. He doesn't hold. The, you know, bags of clubs. No, he just, just holds clubs in his arms. Loose clubs. Just hugs clubs. <laughs> he tells everyone he's a ninja. God, I would. I would love that if, like, they cut over and he's still just wearing the mask, but he's like next to the club. <laughs> he's just carrying a thing's worth of golf clubs, but no bag. Just, he just, he just fucking throws him down. He's like, it's not the same. It's not the same. I was a ninja. Just humming Turtle Power by Power. <laughs> And you can see him crying through the weird, like, fishnet goggles. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm a ninja. So, to, to, to wrap it up, uh, Kevin and I would encourage you to watch... At least I would yeah. encourage you to watch I'm this abso- movie. I'm absolutely I, I, thinking it holds it holds water, especially if you've got some childhood connection. Yeah. Um, you can feel bad about yourself, good about yourself, whatever. Secondarily, a well of this movie obviously does not take on the intense grittiness of the comic. Uh, two things. The fight sequences are, for the context, pretty good. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're really energetic. They're quick. There's a lot of acrobatics. And they're doing all that while managing to not hurt each other with those sharp weapons that they all have. Because they can't cut each other. Or else this movie becomes R or something. <laughs> yeah, as soon as, as soon as blood appears. Like in the last <laughs> scene after they fought uh, Shredder, they all have like a, a weird like red tinge to their bodies. Yeah. That is supposed to be blood, but they couldn't like have cuts with blood coming out because that's all, that was like an automatic R rating back then. I think it might still be. So they just look like they have like they brushed up against like red paint. We talked it's about really this. weird. Like, Splinter has been in a dungeon, tortured for weeks, and like third time you see him, he just looks kind of wet. Yeah, he's looking a little moist. Yeah, there's yeah, no well, blood because Sam Rockwell came by. They moist. <laughs> Splinter up today. <laughs> Splinter's got to look like a teen. Grease him up. Yeah. Grease him up, man. Get some, throw some big pimples on there. Do we have any Sam grease left? Check the Sam bucket. <laughs> Sam, just come up here and rub him against him for a little bit. We won't film it, I promise. <laughs> but the point I'm getting at is uh, the comic is known for the fight sequences and, and sort of just the vibe. And I think, honestly, having read the comic pretty recently, they nailed a lot of elements of this comic. I mean, origin story down to the letter with even just, like, this glass jar of turtles dropped in a sewer. Yeah, I mean, I mean they down really... to the uh, farm scene that's in the comic. The yeah, the George farm Harry. scene is in the comic. Casey Jones is in the comic. Uh, Shredder falling off a roof. All this stuff is in the comic. They really went to town on, on, uh, on matching the source material. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the worst movie we've watched or that you shouldn't watch it because there's plenty of stinkers we've watched. Oh, yeah. I would just honestly say, to me, that whole farm scene, you can fast forward through huge chunks of it. That's because fair. Because there's just a lot not happening. There's like a lot of like world building that you do not need for this movie. You will miss some erotic massage, I'll say that. Right, also... Well, you stop then, because that's when, that's when the nip really shows up. Uh, you'll, also, you'll also miss a pissed-off Raphael on top of a roof yelling, Shredder! Which no, he yells yeah. Splinter. we enjoyed. Oh, Splinter. Yeah, he as Splinter? If he's, yeah, as if he's Rocky yelling Adrian. Oh, okay. I will say that I don't think I live my life correctly until I have to stand on a cliff in a storm and yell someone's name. Well, I feel day. like you should just go to the roof of your house right now and just yell Sarah... <laughs> and then, you know, tell the police when they show up, you're very sorry for wasting their time. She's just, you're, what you're going to hear from below is, divorce! Yeah. 
You'd be like, ah, oh, that's the third time this week, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the only way you can make it up to her is a Spider-Man kiss. Uh, I think that was it for my notes. I will say my last note is this theme song makes it all worth it. So I recommend if you do watch it, stay till the end. You know, really savor the credits or YouTube Turtle Power. Also, do yourself a favor. Look up the Burger King Kids Club and just lament their naming of wheels. Um, Unless or... maybe like Wheels owned a car. We hadn't considered that possibility. Thank you for keeping us honest, Pogues. That's <laughs> just saying. You're like a distinct possibility. I just don't want to be sued by Burger King. Is what I'm trying to get at here. They're a great totally company. Fair. I love the Whopper. Uh, I actually ate Burger King tonight, and I'm not going to lie to you. I feel gross. Uh, <laughs> So, you feel wet? You feel a little wet? Yeah, I'm definitely sweaty like I'm a teen now, guys. <laughs> I Sam Rockwell myself up. I've got two cartons of cigarettes, one menthol, one without. It's pretty great. I'm playing a very flashy game. I'm also skateboarding. <laughs> and I have some people making out on a roulette table behind me. So, jokes well, on you. Uh, closing it down, Kevin, is there uh, are there any uh, any plugs you want to provide for us? Is anywhere you want people to find you on the internet, or do you wish everyone to leave you alone? Uh, not another origin story, airing once this week. Uh, was I mean, a Twitter account? Me. No, no. Anything? No. Uh, thanks for having me on, though. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, as always, you can find me at the Disco Pony uh, or at therealbenchapman.com. And folks. Uh, follow me on Instagram at it's pogues to see me draw girls with nipples uh, and find out Nibble that, watch. that I really do have a problem, guys. I like girls a lot. Uh, also, for real, uh, uh, come over to the Facebook page for Not Another Origin Story, not just for a desperate uh, dying attempt for me to tell you to like it, but also because we, we, we are posting images and links to some of the things we talk about and uh, pieces of, uh, of hilarious material that we can't show you because it's a visual medium. Yeah, definitely go and check it out. It's facebook.com slash naospod. Uh, feel free to go there and find the image of us saying Benedict Cumberbuck's name wrong about 40 times and add your own interpretation. Uh, I think two <laughs> or three people have posted. Somebody just posted a news story where, I mean, it's a fake news story, but where they replaced his name with just ridiculous versions of it. So... Feel free to post there. Ben will be posting some stuff probably from this episode, maybe sure. some sequential cinema. Until then, I guess I don't know what I was going to say there, so that sentence ended awkwardly. But leave your comments. Me and Ben will read them on the next mini episode, and uh, we'll be back next week to tell you what movie's up next. And uh, don't forget to dust off that copy.